In team sport training, we want to incorporate the most specific movement patterns into our sport. The rise of small-sided games for conditioning and skill development has risen to prominence at the sub-elite and elite levels. Now, there's some conjecture over how to develop an athlete's aerobic capacity. Do we follow the traditional route of interval, interval repetitions and MAS, or do we buy into the small-sided games hysteria? In the third episode of Triax 180, we debate the small-sided game versus interval training for conditioning, and it all starts right now. Warmed up and ready. Welcome back to the Triax Performance Channel. My name is Rob Dells, and I am joined by the two gurus of Triax, the Kings. We've got Sean Jessamin and Damon Bednarski. Firstly, welcome to you, Sean. What's going on down in Pakenham? Yeah, not a lot, mate, although it's looking like we'll be back out of lockdown tomorrow, so good news. Yes, absolutely. Good news for all. And it's your birthday coming up, Sean, so there might be a sneaky celebration soon on the weekend as well. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, no shouting there, that's for sure. And welcome to Damo, of course. Damo, the uh, the real heavy hitter of Triaxe, the man who started all. Hello, Damo. Rob, how you going, mate? Sean? Yes, mate, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Now, today it is Damo versus myself in the debates. Um, first time Damo and I have faced off and we both hold a one and zero record. Isn't that right, Damo? That's correct. Poor Shawnee, Owen too. Shawnee Owen too. Oh, when the Saints go much again, Shawnee. He's just not hey, he's not happy at the moment either. Like there's just a tense <laughs> there's a little bit of uh reservation entering into these uh debates, I think, from Sean at the moment. Mate, I'm, yep. I'm giving it my all and I'm and I'm being yeah. shafted. Firstly, we encourage you to consider subscribing to the channel. It really meant a lot to us. So if you get some value out of the content here or any other videos we have, then uh feel free to give us a like and a subscribe as well. It would really mean a lot to us and uh would really boost um Damo's video numbers as well, which are going off uh, going off the charts apparently. So uh, feel free to do so if you get some value out of what we uh, do here today. Uh, but Damo, so if people are uh, just tuning in for the to the Trice One Eight debates for the first time, what are we doing? What are the rules? What's going on? Yeah, so two of us go head to head over a sports science or strength and conditioning topic that we think is a little bit contentious and has two different sides. Um, we have three 30-second rounds each to argue our points, and then the person sitting out who today is Shawnee will adjudicate and award points for each round and uh, an eventual winner. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. And there's also a, a fans vote as well because, as I suggested in the previous episode, uh, there may be a bit of subjective biases as well between the three of us. So uh, if you have a different view on who wins today's debate, then feel free to let us know in the comments below would be interested to uh, <laughs> to read those. But today's topic is all about uh, aerobic conditioning, but it's more so about the head-to-head, the small-sided games or the rise of small-sided games within team sport uh, conditioning against the traditional intervals, MAS, long intervals, basically anything under that uh, interval term umbrella. So I will be arguing today for small-sided games, whilst Damo is going for the more traditional interval um, interval-based approach. Isn't that right, Damo? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Look out. So we get stuck straight into it. Sean is going to go away into his little umpire booth there and probably <laughs> have a few tissues ready as well um, just because he, yeah, 
get a week off because he lost again. So there we go. All right, let's get stuck straight into it. First off, I'll say that small sided games are the ultimate conditioning and skill tool we have available. Interval running cannot replicate the benefits we see in the small sided game demo. With a small sided game, we're exposed to completing skill actions under fatigue. You cannot replicate this same sort of cognitive and physical strain by pounding the turf running monotonous shuttles. I want my players to be executing skills when they're knackered in the fourth quarter, not just running up and back like a metronome. Yeah, uh, that's all good, Rob, but I didn't realise that the argument was about skill-based training as well. I thought our argument here was about aerobic conditioning. Um, so if we're looking at aerobic conditioning, uh, small-sided games, you don't know what you're going to get. The training stimulus, you might set it up. You might go, yeah, okay, we're going to get this many metres, this many high-speed metres. You don't know that you're going to get that. Small-sided games is 100% dependent on the effort that the players put in. So if you've got a lazy bloke training up, rocking up to training, he might stand in the corner and do, you know, 2Ks worth of running, and then your top-end runner is going to do 4Ks of running. Uh, there'll be a difference between high-speed metres, between your players, changes of direction. You can't control that in small-sided games. If you want to know the training stimulus you're going to get, interval training is the way to go for me, mate. That's good. That's a quality argument, Dan. I'm not going to deny that. Um, it's good. The other thing I would say, though, is that when you deal with coaches and you can uh, and you can portray to them doing a small-sided game for conditioning rather than running intervals, I think they'd choose that every day of the week. But that's um, it's a bit of a dilemma anyway. Like, if this is not part of the debate, Dan, but I think you'll agree that it's trying to get as much time in skills and with the ball is paramount for coaches, which is rightly so. So it's very difficult for a strength and conditioning coach to actually get that time uh, or extra time in the end of sessions to just do that monotonous running, don't you reckon? I, I don't disagree. Um, yeah, the high skill focus um, of small-sided games is great and if you're trying to maximise the usage of your time, but again, you just don't know what you're going to get out of that small-sided game session. Um, you can plan it as well as you want, but at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of your players. Um, so from a conditioning standpoint and a physical preparation standpoint, um if you want to know what you're going to get and you want to um, manage your, your training load, especially in the pre-season when you want to be getting high volumes, I think uh, interval training is a good way to go. Small-sided games might be something more for your in-season when um, skill-based training is the imperative. Very good arguments from, from both of you. Rob, I particularly enjoyed how you um, referred to players as a metronome, I think. Um, that was that was interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Um I do like that small-sided games, you can develop skills under fatigue, although Damo rightly said that's probably not the argument we're going for at the moment. Um, and shuttles, they can be an interval running. They can be very monotonous and boring. So um, that I that I completely agree with. Um, but then Damo, the Damo's whole argument, I wholeheartedly agree with that just from a planning perspective, you can't um you can't base too much on it because as damo said the the numbers you're going to get are going to vary between players and it's all dependent on the effort the players put in so i think round one chocolates go to damo that's uh, all right like the last time i'll uh, live to see another day um i've got a few more things up my sleeve which i reckon sean will like so we'll see how we go on that front well under demo it was a good argument from demo first up so i'm not going to begrudge that one hold on uh, 
before you get married, you need to be engaged. Before athletes take you to the promised land of premiership glory, they too need to be engaged. Small-sided games engage the athlete. There's nothing better than the drive of competition to keep the athletes engaged in what they're doing. Playing small-sided game, small games also promote unity and cohesion and, again, develops combinations between athletes that may actually win you a game someday. Unfortunately, when you're running intervals, you may as well run them by himself. You're not getting any unity running shuttles. No matter how much we preach that argument, we need to get the players with the ball in their hands as well as conditioning our athlete. Yeah, that's good, yeah, Rob. That's good. Um, but what happens when you, you've organised this great small-sided game session, uh, an 8v8 or you know something like that, and 15 blokes rock up at training? Your session's thrown out the window straight away um, because you've got the wrong numbers. Um, or you rock up to the ground because you're in, you know, sub-elite training and you only get one-third of the ground and you actually needed half of the ground for your session. Um, I think the great thing with intervals is that you can do them around the ground, um, straight up and down. Um, you don't need a specific area to do it. You can adapt um, easily and you can set up a drill for one player or 100 players. Um, it's easy to do. The small side of games, you know, it's your session be thrown straight out the window just by uh, odd number, numbers rocking up to training or a change of uh, space at the training facility. So, um, yeah, all good for team cohesion, but practicality, um, not always the best option. It, it is an interesting point, that one. Like, I'll say that's an interesting point. Like, but then again, the amount of times I've or I've, I've seen or experienced planning for a particular small side game and then not have those athletes, like you just adapt to it. Like it's it's pretty easy just to throw a bike out or you throw the spare out and let them run intervals and then you let the rest do small side of games. Again, with fields, you do the same thing. You just make them smaller, throw spare athletes out, rotate them in and out, or and then you get the spares to run in intervals. Like you can still do it. I think you just need to be flexible in terms of what you do. Uh, who, who patrols what the spare player does, though? You know, if you've only got one coach or two coaches, um, is someone sitting there on the stopwatch going, you're doing the intervals and then jump back into the session? I, I, I agree you can do it with small-sided games, but it changes the the design of the drill. And, again, going back to my first argument, when you're looking at your planning, um, you know, if you've got a spare, you can add in a, a joker or something like that, so someone that plays for both teams in, in your particular game um, or something like that to, to keep it co cohesive. But if you're throwing them out and doing intervals, you know, you might get one guy that does 45 seconds of intervals on the outside and then the next guy does 10 seconds because the coach forgets. So um, I think it's just adding an extra layer of pressure to the coach who's running the session if you do something like that. Good stuff, boys. They're very good. Rob, I do, I do enjoy the argument um, of small-sided games being very engaging. I know that players when they you tell them they're running up and back in intervals or around the around the oval they don't exactly jump for joy whereas small side of games they um, a bit more engaged and i think that they um, get more out of it as well damo you raised some good points about how again your planning can get a bit thrown out of whack if things sort of come up that you don't expect or you don't have the same area of the ground or the same number of players but i think the beauty of small side of games is that you can sort of adapt to that pretty easily that um, you can adjust your field size pretty easily or you can adjust the the number of players playing um, and you can sort of you can sort of find a way to work around it so for for those reasons I'm going to go with Rob for round two Bang. that's what we want Shawnee good stuff well chosen mate good job you're doing well mate we'll see he's just absolutely nothing yeah you're just yeah. too used to being 
storm where you know exactly what numbers you're going to get. Go down to a local session, <laughs> Rob, mate. You get, you get 11 one week and then you get 30 the next and you're trying to plan small-sided games. Yeah, that's that's okay. And you just got to hold a high standard. If they, if they want to come to training, mate, then they can watch. They can work in the canteen on Saturday, mate, and that's fine. <laughs> Diversity is the greatest gift on the planet. With small-sided games, you can tailor them to any goal you want. If you want more volume, great. We'll extend the field and drop some athletes off. If you want some more acceleration-based work, that's fine. We can do that. We'll decrease the field but maintain the athletes. You can adapt your physical goal for the small side of game and vice versa. But most importantly, we still incorporate the skill execution, which above all else is the most important. And you're still, at the end of the day, getting a same or similar reward for your aerobic capacity. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, Rob, that it's um, great for adapting um, small-sided games. But in the interval training, you can do exactly the same thing. So if you want to get more of one stimulus, you can extend the intervals, you can put in a change of direction in the intervals, and you can get those similar um, aspects. The one thing I will add, though, is that small-sided games can't be used for everything. Um, I'm going to go back to our last episode and think of sports that you know it doesn't really work for. Baseball is one of them how can you create a small-sided game for baseball? It doesn't really work. And cricket's another one. Um, so there are some sports that really just need to have interval-based training if you're trying to work on the aerobic capacity because small-sided games just don't work within those particular sports. Um, and you can still get all those desired outcomes. So I think interval training still really does have a place there. Um, and even in sports that you can adapt um, small-sided games to, you still sometimes just need that out-and-out running um, and volume and that controlled training stimulus rather than having this half-assed, you might get this many accelerations or changes of directions in your small-sided games um, session. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one, Dan. What For the future debates, though, can we please stop referring to baseball and cricket? Like, <laughs> like they're a small-sided game. We all know what small-sided games really are, and they're to be used for, like, rugby, AFL, soccer. Hey, rugby team sports, mate. Team sports. Honestly, like, if we're throwing baseball in there, we're going to throw curling in there too and table tennis. Very good point. Rob, you love, you love like, jumping off, like, starting your rounds with some weird quote. Like, you've uh, you had some diversity quotes. Marriage. Marriage, marriage, engagement, yeah. yeah. What what else? You had? you had something else stupid, but um. Yeah, I guess what, Sean? You remember it, don't you? It sticks in your mind, yeah, Sean. I, I remember it because you sound like a halfwit. Oh. Yeah, Rob. You mentioned that you can you can tailor small sided games to yeah. your goals. I don't think that's necessarily specific to small sided games. I think you can sort of design most conditioning methods to to your goals, depending on what they are. Um, but can you, but, um, but can you incorporate skill, skill execution within all the other well, stuff? Or not? What I was just about to say is that the main benefit of small-sided games is that you do get that skill execution while you're performing the, the conditioning drills, which that's the only sort of way you can you can get that is small-sided games. But again, if we actually go back to the root of this argument in small-sided games versus intervals for conditioning, I'm not sure that that's sort of what the argument's about here. Rob, I would have liked to have heard more of the physiological benefits and the specificity of training. I think you could have included a bit more of that. Um, and then, Dame, I think you, yeah, your retort was good in that you raised the intervals. You can, again, tailor them to your goals. So small-sided games aren't necessarily special. And I did like the point that 
small-sided games doesn't work for all sports. And I, I know Rob cut up rough and he doesn't like us talking about baseball for some reason, Actually, but it's a team It's a team sport. So You can still do a small-sided game in baseball. You can still do a fielding drill, surely. But, Same with cricket. You do a fielding drill. I'm not talking about batting and pitching. Obviously, it's not going to help you too much. But They're, they're very stop-start-style but... sports, though. So the, the idea of small-sided games where you're trying to you know induce that sort of thing, it's more of a drill than a small-sided game. Then what sort of intervals are you going to be doing for baseball? Like run ten seconds, have a minute off. Run ten seconds, have a minute off. Or like, what's how does it work? Yeah, well, you'd be running the specific demands of the game. So you know, if you're a batter, you'd be look, you'd yeah. be looking at running the distance between the bases, and you and you know, you might be doing repeated efforts. And you know, it's similar to any conditioning. Like if you do um, conditioning for an AFL player, you know, you might it's the same sort of thing. You just look at the game demands and then tailor your training to that. Yeah, that's true. Well, as someone who regularly gets the home plate, um, you know, <laughs> sure he loves it. <laughs> I think I know which way I'm leaning, but I'll give you both one layer, one last chance to uh, to woo me. So, Rob, what do you got? So, Sean spoke about you know more physiology in terms of the argument with small sided games. You're going to get comparable um, stimulus to your conditioning running anyway, because what you can do is you can actually play more small sided games in a session than what you can do in terms of interval running. So. In terms of uh, Damo, if he's going to do MAS sets, he's going to do three at most in a session. Small side of games, you can do a plethora of them in terms of depending on what you want to do, and you can even mix up your conditioning based on that. And again, the added aspect of executing that skills under fatigue is the bonus and the cherry on top that you can't get from intervals anyway. And again, the most important part is you're replicating the movement demands of the sport. So in terms of biomechanics, in terms of specificity, you are executing skills and you're moving the way you would as in a game, intervals can't prepare you for that demand as well. So you're getting aerobic capacity demands, which is probably similar to, but not as great as intervals, but you're getting all the other things as well. Yeah, I think you put the nail in the coffin on yourself there, Rob, when you go similar uh, and couldn't really spit out that you get the same aerobic capacity demands. As we've said before, and you, you even alluded to a couple of times in your closing argument there, you just don't know what you're going to get in small-sided games in terms of the training stimulus. Yes, you might get all the different movement demands, accelerations, changes of directions. You get the skill component, which we've already said is not really relevant to our argument. Uh, but in in interval running, you know what you're going to get. You know exactly how many metres, and everyone's going to do that because they're doing it to the set intervals that you do. Small-sided games, you said, oh, we can still do four or five drills within a session. If you've got a lazy player or multiple lazy players, they're still not going to get the training stimulus mm. that you want, even because they're just going to do the same thing in every drill that you do. So I think just from that understanding and the loading and managing what your players are doing, the interval training is the way to go. If we're talking about skill-based training with conditioning, then that's a different discussion and small-sided games is the winner for me, but we're not. So for aerobic conditioning alone and understanding the training stimulus, it's intervals for me. Very good, boys. Very good. Rob, you do your best work in this little overtime period, don't you? Yeah, I do, you, but... You bring yeah, out all actually, these new arguments, mate, that actually might have helped you in in the actual three rounds. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why you, you hold you, on to it. Because when you get to 1-1, one, one, you, you have to go deep into the thing, and you like to provide different arguments as well. Like, Damo, can we just touch on what Damo said? I know this probably extended out a bit, but he said a good point about with um, players in terms of small side of games that not work is great. Or whatever it is, his what I just thought of then. I'm not saying this is for or against my argument, but what happens in intervals as well? When you do MAS, 
you've got the blokes that don't have the biggest tank all running together on one side, and then you've got the blokes who are all better all on the other side, right? So they're basically, they must be, be doing two different sets of, of running, essentially. But when you do them in small side games, you actually expose them as not having a tank. So that peer pressure, although it's not great in society, actually works in athletes because then it drives them and then they've got evidence that they're not actually working hard enough. You run MAS against somebody of your own standard, then that's all you're running against. You don't have that drive to get better. I'm not I'm not adding that to my argument, but it was just an interesting point that Damo said. So, yeah, sorry. Could you not, could you not say that they have that drive to get better because they're in the shit group? No, because they all, all they do. So when Damo overloads it, right, he, they, he just gives them the cone that they run to him. Like, okay, I swear, I just have to run this cone. Whereas if you're running a small side game, you might have to chase someone down 20 metres away. And so that's your impetus right there, not a cone that you run towards. Because otherwise, you're just giving these blokes a cone. The human brain suggests that I'm just going to run until someone tells me to stop. That cone tells you when to stop. Well, I think what you could do in that situation is if you know that a player is um, not necessarily a hard worker or, yeah. or, for lack of a better term, lazy. Yeah. Don't put them in the group that they might be most appropriate for. Put them in the group just higher, just that little bit higher, and get them yeah. to try and work that bit harder. Yeah. I've got an, I've got an example of that. So when I was working um, at a particular place, they they did that. So it was the players when they did MAS or interval running, they put out the three options. So obviously the slowest, mid range, and the top end. And the senior players would put an impetus on that. And the coaches would actually say, you get to choose which one you want to run to. Mm. So if the, the players all know what their fitness levels are and they all know each other's fitness levels. So if if they catch someone running to the, the one that they shouldn't be, there was a big calling out. And again, we're not saying that peer pressure or anything should be done, but they, they would call them out and say, hey, no, this is yours. And what you would get is that competitive flow that you're talking about that players that necessarily probably should be running to the first cone would run to the middle one mm. and ones that run to the middle should, were running to the end one. And that's just because it's that team culture and um, idea that you're talking about. So I, I think it certainly can be done for interval running as well as in small-sided games. But, yes, it, when you've got that skill component and if you're not working for it in small-sided mm. games, it, it's more obvious. All right. So after all that uh, all that deliberation, some very good points raised from, from both the boys. Rob, again, does his best work in overtime. He, he sort of salvages himself a little bit. but It's like, it's uh, like a Saturday night. But unlike Damo, in the spirit in the spirit of Triax 180, I'm going to have to uh, ignore those points. Well, not necessarily ignore them, but just uh, not give them the weight that they uh, don't deserve. Um, and so I'm going to award Damo the winner. So, so I think that in in training, I think uh, obviously a mix of of both is you're going to get the best of both worlds, but um, and normally I do like the small-sided games, but just from purely from the argument today, I think Damo put forward the best argument. Yeah, as we, yeah, as we always sort of highlight, though, it, it both methods work. Yeah. Like, both methods work, and, and as Rob said, with this skill-based component, that's really the, the, the winner for small-sided games. So mm. my sort of thinking on it is, especially early on in the preseason, um, intervals is probably the way to go because you know what volume you're going to get, what intensities you're going to get, and it's a, it, skills ha isn't really the focus yet. You know, it's generally just light ball work, getting a feel for it. As the preseason progresses, then you're going to start moving into more small-sided games and in-season where essentially you're not too concerned about what the volumes of work are at, 
at training, you're sort of just more focused on the skills. So, you know, of, of players getting a little bit less workload. Um, and you can see that you can sort of top them up in season, but your focus is more on performance and skills. Whereas in the preseason, when you're trying to build the tank, intervals mm. is where, where you're looking just because you've got control over what you, you're doing. Yeah. No, I'm happy to lose this one to, to Damon. I think he put up some good arguments anyway. So no hard feelings there. Um, I think the, I think yeah, any, anything you can sort of use in conjunction or if you can integrate the two, then that's probably the best. So um, it's there. There's no sour grapes from my end. I'm not going to throw the toys out like Sean did. So another good debate there from the from uh, Damon and myself. Congratulations to Damo. He was uh, he's pretty happy with it too. I can tell he's just chuffed and inside. Thanks to Sean for being an adjudicator and um, yeah, he was a little bit a little bit angry today, Sean, but he wasn't too bad. So thanks very much. Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode today, then please consider subscribing and liking to the channel would mean uh, a lot to us. Um, thank you for the support we've already had. It, it really means a lot. So we've got a few topics in the works for the next few weeks, so we might leave a bit of suspense um, for the viewers out there. But it will be Damon and Sean will be going back around next week, so I'm back in the uh, the rightful place of being the adjudicator, which is actually like, so should be good. Um, if you want to contact us on our social media accounts, Sean, how do they do that? Uh, if you search for Triax Performance, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, um, let us know as well uh, who you, who thought won today. Did the, the uh, fan vote? Um, and if you have any topics you'd like to see us debate as well, that could be yeah, good. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what Sean said there, absolutely. So if you think that I got shafted, then please start a hashtag saying shafted rob or you know pray for rob or justice for rob that'd be great um i might start that i might make up a few burner accounts actually and just get stuck in it um but yeah uh, and then damo how do people contact the old-fashioned way mate yeah so check out the website triaxperformance.com or email us at admin at triaxperformance.com there you go and just a public service announcement for potential apparel suppliers out there sean settles all our merch so if you're going to send this or bombard us with emails about swimwear we're not into swimming, so please stop doing that. Until we get our rigs in, like, you know, six packs and stuff, we're not going to Speedos, so we'll pass. So stop sending us emails on that. All right, so uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Trikes 180 Debates. Bye for now.